I'm Asia Freeman, the Artistic Director of Bunnell Street Arts Center. And on behalf of Bunnell's board and staff, we're so honored, so pleased to be able to show Larry Avakana. Larry is here with his wife, Donna. A highly noted artist. Um, he has a tremendous amount of schooling and um, exposure nationally and internationally. And they've recently moved back to Homer, where Donna was raised. So it's it's very uh, very exciting. And before we have a little bit of a, a talk um, and some other things, what they might like to share with us tonight, I do want to say that on Saturday, August 17th, from 5 to 7 p.m., they're going to provide a um, demonstration workshop on Inupiaq dance, and everybody is welcome. Benel just recently received um, a Rural Cap uh, Thriving Communities Grant, and the objective of the grant is to strengthen um, communities through connections, um, social engagement, healing, and learning. And I can't think of a more perfect way to kick off a year of programs centered around that than this occasion. So sure. we're so happy to have you with us. Thank oh, you. Sure. Thank you. I'm uh, Lawrence Ula uh, Sichara Abakana. Abakana is my uh, grandfather's name is Abakan. And so they put an A on the end for our, uh, all our family. And so uh, it's Abakana now. And so uh, I'm originally, my father is originally from Utqayavik, uh, Barrow. And uh, my mother was born in Point Hope, Tigigak. And so she's uh, more Tigigak and uh, uh, more of that instead of Barrow. She always says that. <laughs> and so, but she's half Norwegian. Her uh, father, it was um, back, uh, back in the 20, oh, 20s, oh, teens, 19 something, that uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Peterson, Captain Peterson, he had boats going up along the coast and he, they call him the ice pilot. And so he went along the coast and uh, my, uh, my Inupiaq grandfather, uh, he couldn't have, uh, he couldn't sour any children. So he asked Captain Peterson if he could have a child. And so that's how my mother came about. She's half Norwegian. He was from Sandefjord, uh, Norway. And so uh, he uh, jumped on a ship when he was just a kid, a whaling ship. And he was a commercial whaling. And he was a, he was a hand on the whaling ship. And so he went to uh, uh, San Francisco and uh, whaled through there. And, that, and he was uh, stationed near there, called Jones Islands. And that's where she was raised. But she was raised part of her life on the island in a in a, in a igloo, we call house igloo, and so uh, in a sod house. And one of the stories she was telling me about that was that uh, there were uh, the men were out sealing 
going seal hunting. And uh, my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother were there. And so uh, my great-grandmother was, uh, so there was two polar bears coming towards the, the igloo, the sod house. And she was saying that if you uh, uh, undress to your waist and show yourself out of the katak, uh, uh, I mean the uh, the kingak, uh, the, the open uh, opening in the roof, that's where you came out during the winter sometimes, or in the summer, and then and then um, so they they all three of them were up there. And, and they were shaking around and stuff. <laughs> and, and, the po and really, the men were coming home, and they saw this. And so they thought they were scaring the polar bears away, but it was the men. <laughs> That's one of the stories I was telling about. But uh, in, um, then, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's writing about where I went to school and everything. So, but in dance, dance is, is, is one of the in, intricate part of, of, uh, of our society. It, it's one of the things that holds us together. It, the dance and the, and the songs are passed down <coughs> through generations. And my mother was a, uh, she held on to a lot of the songs from her great-grandmother. And so, uh, she uh, sang some of those songs to me on a tape, so I have a tape of her still listening to these songs. And then, because that inspired me when I was young, to, uh, um, to find out who I was. Because uh, raised in Anchorage, you are not exposed to your traditions at all. Never, ever. And so, uh, my, except for my mom and dad, who spoke Inupak all the time, and at home, and listening to them, but I lost the ability to speak fully the language. You know, I can I can remember uh, words and phases, phrases, and things like that. But but um, I think uh, in I'm trying to understand the the uh, importance of, uh, of uh, togetherness in, in a group of people that are related to each other distantly and, and closely. And so song and dance, and my, like my, my aunts, uh, they belong to a dance group. And, uh, and also we, we help uh, Organize a dance group down in uh, Washington, uh, in Northwest Inupiaq dancers, and we learn songs from uh, from King Island. He was our leader, Alex Maktoyo, and uh, he passed on, but he gave us these songs and dances, and we <coughs> the group of people who were living in the area of Portland and Seattle and Tacoma. Mm. They all wanted to dance. And part of uh, when we met, that's where we met. 
in the <laughs> dance group. And Donna uh, wanted to learn and, and understand the uh, importance of dance and song and, and so of traditional feelings of people that are um, of one people, of lower <coughs> language, the Inupiaq language, the Arctic Slope, and part of it on the west, northwest coast of Alaska. <coughs> so, um, in working with the art, as you can see, um, I, uh, I look uh, at a lot of the old, old mass forms and also photographs of my ancestors that, uh, that were raised uh, in Prudhoe Bay area. And so uh, we got some photo very good photographs of some of my, my uncles and my grandparents and, and my uh, extra grandparents, you know. So, because my, when my uh, uh, grand, you know, about grandfather passed on, she married uh, another uh, uh, that was uh, among the group in Prudhoe Bay. So there was many, uh, there was houses uh, along the Prudhoe Bay area, and uh, men were, and 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 the villages uh, didn't have villages, just uh, houses in different areas. Uh, and very sparse, but uh, when Captain Peterson had come up, he, there was a trading post that my mother was at near at, and then she married uh, the the director or, or the, the uh, storekeeper of the uh, of the trading post, and he was uh, John Smith. His name John Smith. He was from California, and so uh, that's how. Uh, uh, she was only, what, 13, I think, when they got married. He was like in, in his 40s, 50s. But, uh, you know, uh, my uh, half-sisters and, and my brother uh, were raised in Upeak uh, also, but they were mostly white-looking. So they had a hard time, and, and when, when uh, uh, Mr. Smith passed on, they moved to Barrow, and my mother uh, married my dad, Lloyd Abakana, uh, and uh, he was a uh, after he was in the National Guards, uh, and that's how I moved to Anchorage uh, because he had a he was stationed in, in Anchorage National Guards, and so he was a captain in the National Guards. And, uh, so uh, uh, that's when I moved from Barrow when I was only six years old, uh, five, and then turned six when I moved. And so I was raised in, in, a, in a, you know, non-native community of uh, Anchorage. But there was a teacher that, uh, in, in junior high school, he's, he got a group of us together, and, one, and these were rowdy guys, and so, and myself was a little bit older than them. That uh, we wanted, he wanted us to uh, maybe uh, do a, a totem pole, and so we did. And it was at a creosoted log, telephone pole. And so it was very, uh, it was terrible. But they did put it in uh, Winwood Junior High School. And, and, 
put it up. And I don't know if it's still there, but but that was my first introduction in in carving. And so uh, I found uh, uh, after high school, I went to uh, you know the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe and learned uh, the the ability to work with different materials. And I wanted to work with everything. I wanted to learn everything. Uh, ceramics, jewelry, sculpture, painting, uh, printmaking, everything. And so I, I, uh, I really delved into those areas. And so uh, that's why you see a lot of different mediums uh, in, in here, in, in the show. And one of my favorites is, is carving wood. And so uh, the mast especially. The mast uh, to me is uh, one of the uh, more mysterious uh, um, object that I've ever seen. Expressive. Yeah. What? Expressive. Okay. <laughs> I'm know, on the wrong tell. side, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, each one has, has its own little story. And, uh, and I tried to uh, emulate those, those ideas in drawing. And uh, so I draw uh, constantly to develop uh, some images so that I can create them in, in, in a uh, material of uh, wood, especially yellow cedar. I love yellow cedar and red cedar. And so, uh, and then, um, then after, uh, um, I went to um, Rhode Island School of Design and, and started uh, blowing glass. Because uh, I, in the sculpture building, there was a, uh, in the ceramics building, was a, a room way up on top. And uh, somebody was telling me that there was uh, uh, some glass work going on, glass blowing. And I didn't know what it was. Uh, I know what, you know, glass is, uh, containers and things like that, you know, and from factories. But I went up stairs, and Dale was there, Chihuly, Dale Chihuly. And he, uh, he says, come on in, you know, we'll show you how to do this stuff if you want to try it. And I said, sure, I'll, you know. And so I, uh, I studied under him for uh, about two years and uh, got the ability to blow glass and also um, to build uh, furnaces and kilns and uh, so I had that I had that ability to do do what I wanted to, to do in my work so that's that was part of it I didn't want anybody else to work with it uh, for me so I wanted to work with it with my own hands and, and to ability to, to try to, uh, to do the work in glass by cell, so on. Uh, so, Barrel. And, and, and I set up a glass studio in Barrow. I got a National Endowment grant and set up a glass studio in Barrow and we blew glass up there for the high school. And, uh, but, I had it in a Quonset hut, and there was uh, a gravel floor. And I built these um, uh, insulated platforms, but it wasn't enough. 
the permafrost started melting underneath it, so the furnaces started tilting. And so we had to shut it off. And, um, and it was about maybe half a year since we, uh, we were blowing glass. And, and still they, they find uh, chunks of red glass <laughs> and white glass all over barrel. And uh, that's my glass. That was, <coughs> was uh, I had big containers full of glass and stuff, so it's all over a barrel somewhere. <coughs> that's questions. Hmm? Questions. Sure. And um, maybe you you have any questions about anything or you know? So. <laughs> How do you decide what material to make an object, you know, an idea? How do you choose if it's going to be cedar or marble? Or yeah, I, I pick out the material first. Then I do a, I did uh, a lot of uh, mass drawings, and I know it's going to be out of wood. So, and then, and then suddenly, I, uh, you know. I, I had this feeling about maybe doing it in glass. So that's where these images, I did it out of uh, clay first and then, uh, then uh, cast uh, a rubber mold for it and then made the molds and then put it in kiln casting's masks myself. And so I did a whole series of these mask uh, forms, face forms. And then, uh, I, and then I do a lot of flat glass. And so uh, the idea of uh, what material, you know, and that I learned uh, the stone carving from, a, from a, uh, an Apache uh, from Santa Fe. Uh, his name is Alan Hauser. And he was my instructor for, for many years, and, and he was a very close friend for many years. And he'd always invite me to his studio and his, and his home. And, and we'd eat, uh, you know, his wife, and uh, so, and then uh, we'd travel. Then he'd take a group of us uh, to uh, to um, Hopi. Uh, it was um, third third Mesa Hopi, and uh, and um, uh, let's see, uh, Charles Lolama studio, and he was a jeweler. And he was one of the first instructor at the Institute for Jewelry. And so he was very close friends with uh, Mr. Hauser. And so we'd go over and see his studio and everything and, and walk around uh, Hopi. And uh, so um, I learned how to do uh, marble carving, the Italian style carving with this pneumatic handle as only mm -hmm. this this big and then you use chisels on the end of it and so uh, it's very very movable very very flexible material with, uh, with air force air and so uh, that's that's how I did the marble pieces this one took me uh, let's see 20, 20 years five years 20 years to do because uh, you know it was uh, uh, I, I did, a uh, I, when I went to uh, Colorado, um, uh, Marble, Colorado, and it was, uh, there was a workshop there. Every year, uh, anybody can go there and try to carve this type of marble. 
and so uh, the Yule marble. And so uh, I started this uh, there and kept working on it off and on <coughs> in the studio. I kept, you know, some people, some artists like to, uh, you know, they have one project they, they continually work on and, and to reform and to change. And so that's what, what she came about. And uh, especially with our dance group, we, uh, we learned uh, motion dancing. And so this is uh, going over a rise for finding your spirit, you know, somewhere up, up beyond. And so that's this one. Answer some of Then the bronze is it's just uh, you know like this piece over here is a Yupik uh, dancer with a mask. I did it out of stone and then decided to do bronze off of it. So got a uh, rubber mold and uh, the foundry did this for me. And then this one was uh, out of uh, plaster. This uh, seal dancer, and uh, so I got that bronzed. So uh, I enjoy the the ability to see the objects and different materials, not just one, but many. The ideas kind of flow from you, you know. Try to uh, develop your forms, and, and uh, it's a very personal thing. And, and very uh, uh, simply a, uh, um, uh, an activity of your, uh, your own thoughts and, and with, the, with your sketchbook. And so, any, any other questions? Any kind of questions. It doesn't have to be a guard. Maybe you want to know more about it. <laughs> you can ask Donna something. <laughs> like. Donna, maybe you could talk a little bit more about the um, demonstration workshop on the 17th I mentioned is on Saturday. Is it 17th or 19th? Or 19th, is it? 19th. Thank you. 19th, yeah, the yeah. Saturday, mid-month mid from 5 to 7. Okay. What, um, when we were part of the dance troupe down in uh, Washington State, we did a lot of dances, a lot of presentations. Um, we went to a lot of powwows, and we would dance for them, and we would... Uh, dance at school functions and whatever, and usually what we did was, um, for them we would just dance, there was a whole bunch of tribes, and us would all share their dances, whatever, but when we were invited specifically for an event, what we would do is tell, tell the people about who we are, where we're from, and why we do what we do, and, um, and how we started, we started in 1991, our dance troupe, it started at a, um, actually started at a Inupiaq lunch, Eskimo lunch. And in Tacoma, this lady, she was my sister-in-law at the time, she called everybody, says, I've got, I got dry fish, I got dry meat. Let's come, everybody come eat. So everybody brings their native food and we had a big house crowded, I mean, bigger, way bigger crowd than this. A real a, feast. A real feast, mm -hmm. and everybody was there and all of a sudden, Somebody was saying, and I think I was one of them, I think I was the first one. And the other lady says, no, I was the first one. <laughs> anyway, we said, we should have a dance troupe. And then, actually, she's the one that said, well, I have a cousin, and he knows songs. 
So that's where it started. And then so we got together every weekend for about three months. And then about a month after that, when it could, it took me longer than anybody else to learn the dance, let me tell you. It was hard. It was really hard. But it was a lot of fun. And we did our first dance at a school, at a school um, powwow. Down there they have Title IX programs where they have uh, cross-cultural powwows or pan, pan powwows. And so we did our first dance there. And I won a chair. They had a lot of kind of thing, and I had a chair with a Pendleton covering on it. I'll never forget that time. But then since then, we traveled a lot of places and danced. And what we do is we do our little history background, and then we do a couple of dances to in, called welcome dances, which we will do that day. And it's for um, anybody can join at that time. It's very general. And then we then. Because of our time, we might do just a couple songs, and we'll demonstrate. And then you're going to have to watch real careful because then you're going to be tested at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we'll do we'll have a couple songs that are really fun to learn. That are community songs because a lot of the songs are owned by families, and but the community songs, they may have started out as family songs, but then everybody did their variety of them. You know, kids have kids, you know, you, after a while you just, it's community, you know, it's everybody. And so, um, then we make you do the dance. And we teach you the word, the dance up front, you know, you said this is how you go, and then, we do it, then we have you join us. If you want, you don't have to join, but if you don't, well, we're gonna put you out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we'll, we'll do some of that, and it'll be a lot of fun, and maybe a little storytelling about some of the artwork at that time, about each one of us. I wanted to also talk about this for, for, for a minute or so. Yeah, this is a, uh, an image I, I, this centerpiece is called uh, the Palupak, a uh, drum. And it was the central drum of the mes messenger feast, which is uh, called Kibikip. Uh, and it's when, uh, in the winter, just before the sun comes up, it just uh, peaks on the horizon. That's when you do the ceremony. And it is calling, calling the sacred birds, uh, the spear birds, more like an eagle, more like a thunderbird, that to come and take those souls of those whales to the Creator. And we believe in one. Uh, power, and so they take those to the Creator, and so and this. Not what? only of the whale, but it's all the game mm -hmm. that you they've been lucky to get to have gathered all year, and those of our families who have passed on. And the center dancer <coughs> who holds the kaluka is a loon dancer. He's a loon. He's calling. You know how loons call. Well, he's calling these spirits to come and take those uh, those uh, 
those spirits from the whalers because they'll hold on to these spirits inside them. And so this is the process of cleansing, cleansing your, all the crews, all the people of, of remembering and also to, so that when they go out whaling again, their relatives won't see their, their uh, relatives in us. And so this is the process, and you can see the claws of that bird. And then this is the tally of how many whales that were caught during the season. And this is the kupak, kind of the trimming. But they're real fancy trimming sometimes. And my, this is one that my mother did. She was, a, she was a skin sewer, and she made fancy parkas. And uh, so this is the open lead, where the ice is cracking, where the open leads, where the whales come through to, uh, to uh, feast on, on krill in, in the regions of Canada. Near, near, near Canada and uh, Herschel Island area where they feed. And so, and then these glass faces are more of the images of like the moon or the sun uh, coming up in the dark and then they lighter and they get light. And so we can see the trimming on them. Top is the uh, sacred mountains. Uh, that where the uh, where the eagles are located, as you know, eagles live uh, you know high high places. So this is, that represents that, and then the water, and then the land, and so uh, and Kibikik starts in February usually when that sun comes up, and so all the villages come together and bring their of best dancers, best drummers, and there and some of them will bring new songs to uh, to show uh, the community uh, of Barrow, because uh, and then the kalupak and then the dance. There's a process of which village is going to perform the kalupak, and so um, there's runners from each village. And they'll do a uh, uh, do a, uh, a run throughout the village of Barrow, and the first one uh, that comes, uh, that's usually uh, in the summer, uh, when when they have nalukatak, uh, which is the ceremony for for passing out the whale uh, products to the community. We don't sell it; we only gift it to everybody. They, they get a small portion, you know. That's how we, we do our process of, of giving and also the process of uh, ex, uh, giving all the whale parts to the people. And so the, uh, the Umelik, uh, the whaling captain, and, and his crew are, uh, are gifted with, with, their, with uh, a very uh, pride uh, of, of helping the, the village and, and extended villages uh, with food from, uh, from the whale. And so, uh, 
Um, you can see there's a book. There's a small, uh, there's a pamphlet book there. And uh, no, the, uh, the big book. Uh, oh, the big is, book. Yes, that's the, uh, uh, that's, that's a ceremony there. And you can see it in all the pictures and all the different dancers and different groups. And then uh, we invite, uh, like, the King Islanders to come and dance. And then, uh, then there was some uh, um, Siberians came and danced. And there were cousins of King Islanders and also of uh, Little Daimi. And so they, you know, when Russia had that border and wouldn't let, let uh, people, uh, cousins, to migrate back and forth to celebrate, and so they stopped it. And then now uh, only a few can come over to do dances and show their dances and their songs. And so they came. And also uh, uh, there's, uh, uh, they had uh, um, Aztecs come up and dance. And so they, they showed their dances, you know, and, and also uh, uh, Clinkets and a few of the Haidas came and, and shown their dances also. And then also the Anangan people came and, and they danced. And uh, so it was, a, it's a great ceremony of, of, uh, of giving and, and uh, sharing cultural differences together. And so it's, it's just a, an amazing event. And usually it is every other year that we have it in, in uh, Hood Valley Barrel. So that's why I wanted to tell you about this piece. And, and, and the material is very sacred material because it's over a thousand years old, you know. It's, it's, it's from the butt of the, uh, of the cedar trees. And, and this one was a very, a very large piece. And so uh, that came from that. And uh, I think, uh, I feel that it helps to uh, give it more, more of, uh, uh, of the feeling of, uh, what would you call it, uh, pride and, 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 and a very um, sacred feeling of, of, of the material. So, but I'll <coughs> share that. Ooh. Yes? So far, you, you said other stories were acceptable. Would you care to share how you guys met? You said a little bit of it. Which one? <laughs> Would you care to share how you met? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, we... And she, uh, she was wondering who this Larry was, because I didn't go to the dances for several dances, uh, practices. And so uh, one day I came with a uh, skin, uh, it was a, uh, <clears throat> it was a membrane-covered skin. And they, they, we, only, they, we only had uh, fabric, you know, airplane uh, fabric and on, on the drums. And so uh, I had a, a small uh, drum from, uh, yeah, I think it was um, a Yupik drum. But I used it as an Inubat drum. And so it had a membrane of the walrus uh, stomach lining, I think it was. And so it's a membrane that uh, you use for drumming. 
In Barrow, they use the, the whale liver uh, membrane around the liver that they use for, for, for the drums. And so uh, when I arrived uh, with Alex, Alex Mukduyuk, uh, he, uh, him and I, you know, were, you know, we just kind of combined, uh, just kind of, uh, you know. Bonded. Just bonded. Bonded, there we go. <laughs> bonded together. Because uh, her, his brother, uh, his stepbrother or half-brother, stepbrother, I believe, is uh, uh, Sylvester Ayak, who is a uh, uh, national treasure, I think, of King Island. He's a uh, uh, carver, and he's uh, head of uh, the uh, uh, the Nome uh, uh, King Island Dance Group, and uh, he's the uh, uh, the head of that, of the, and he's the chief of that of the people. And so, and uh, go ahead. They want to know how we met. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on. Well, anyway, we, we started um, practicing at this lady's house in her garage, and we practiced for weeks, and everybody kept saying, well, Larry said he's coming today. Who's Larry? So after about three times, he finally showed up, and so I, I said, we are both married to somebody else at that time. <laughs> and um, then I, I split up, and I was single, and I was going to college, and and he was, uh, he kept coming, and he was a very interesting guy. He could speak in Upeak, you know, and I couldn't, I was raised white. And so we, um, we were with the dance troupe probably, probably for about five years, and then he split up with his wife, and so we just kind of flirted at the powwows, you know. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, I used to sing with a, a drum group, and they were, <clears throat> uh, it was one Apache. He was half Apache and half black. And uh, him and I got together and we uh, did the drums, uh, big drum and uh, in powwows and stuff. Then uh, also drummed with a uh, drummer uh, from uh, uh, Montana. And uh, he's uh, Northern Cheyenne, white dirt drum. And so I learned how to do that style of drum too. Good. <laughs> well, when I first knew he was interested, you know, <laughs> we went to a powwow that was way out. We, um, I don't remember where it was. It was a shelter. A shelter. So that was like an hour and a half's drive to go to that powwow. And so um, it was a small one, and it was time to go. And I, had, I was by myself, you know. And so I had driven out there. I was in college at that time, and so I went to go to my car, it was dark, and I went to it, and he says, would you like me to walk you to your car? <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, okay, thanks, I can go, and he says, well, <laughs> would you like it? <laughs> so we had our first time right, at the Shelton. Along. And then we just started going to how, um, you know, a lot of, um, dances together and it just kind of grew and he wasn't telling the group this is kind of interesting I graduated with my undergraduate at Evergreen State College and nobody knew that we were seeing each other or anything and so they decided the dance troupe took us 
we all went and had pizza after I graduated, you know, so we had this place, all of a sudden, and by the end, we had started doing karaoke. And there was, at the time, he was part of the Indian Art Northwest, and that was important, and I'd been going to that too. And um, um, one time, I we kind of split up a little bit for, I think, for a little while. I went down there with a girlfriend to this, this place, and we all, afterwards, I heard about everybody was going to this one bar, you know, it was a huge, huge place. And all the people that were involved in the Indian Art Northwest were there. And I was just talking with somebody or whatever, and all of a sudden I heard this voice. And I'll be damned, he was singing karaoke. <laughs> he was singing Little Red Rooster. <laughs> and he was just kind of like, whoa, I can't let this I like guy go. <laughs> I have the blues, and I love the blues. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, um, we got back together at a, at a dance that we were doing at Mind Your Corporation. Um, our dance troupe was performing at that, and so we just kind of says, I, well, I went to him, I says, um, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's kind of yep. how that happened. And I forgot to mention earlier, too, was at the 19th um, gathering, um, we will have a um, um, PowerPoint presentation. There will be slides, so you can see some of there's other work if you'd like to see that. So it will be here. It'll be here. Okay. Yes. You, you've talked a little bit about just sort of the two-way relationship you have as you're crafting, as you sort of get to know the essence of the spirit of the piece. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you had a moment or a story where you've been surprised by that essence and where a piece ended up much different at the end than where you thought it would. That's right. Yes. I like um, like the orca, I was uh, doing some drawing of uh, you know mask and how I can incorporate the orca within the mask. But it wasn't this one, but it was a small mask and it could fit on your face. And uh, I, I started uh, looking at a very old uh, ceremonial mask from Point Hope. And there was some uh, masks that were uh, the spirit of the uh, of the ripples when the whale goes down to sound and then when it comes back up and so uh, these ripples is a uh, there's a, a mask and a uh, and a dance about these these ripples and how uh, this homeric uh, uh, was uh, was uh, uh, was hunting it, and and uh, when he caught the whale, when they got the whale, when it was tired, he got his lance and he jumped on the whale, and he and he killed the whale like this, you know, and with a lance on top of that whale, you know, and, and he was very powerful, powerful. Uh, Umalik, and he was uh, a chief of the whole, of one of the uh, tribes of Tigiga Point Hope. There's two groups of people. Uh, one and uh, that one uh, has different families, and the other has other other families. And so there's black, and then there's ochre, 
red. And so uh, they can't, uh, they can intermarry, but you know, each one in, in you can't marry within the, your clan. So, so that's, that's how uh, I was looking at that mask about that. And so half was that, and the other half was the whaler. And, uh, but he wasn't a whaler, he was, he, was, he was a whale. And then there was orcas coming, you know, to, get, to take nips off that whale. And so there's one orca swimming here, and suddenly I found another orca coming through this way in, in, a, in a dream. And so uh, that's how that mass came about. I think uh, we'll have an image of that. It's, it's a very, oh, I just love that mask. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How did those two other masks, the orca and the loon masks, how did those come about? The, uh, the loon, as you know, is, is the central dancer. And, and uh, in this very uh, spiritual piece, uh, spiritual animal, we never hunt loon, except when a uh, when a medicine man medicine man wants to uh, to have one for this ceremony, they'll they'll do uh, uh, they'll do a uh, a ceremony about that and then get the loom. And then I felt that uh, 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 a female and and how it. <coughs> How it provides for its for its young, and so there's a uh, fish in its mouth, and then the central piece is is a uh, the the uh, a a woman, but she has one one uh, tattoo on her chin, and that's when she has her puberty ceremony, and she gets this tattoo. One, and then when she has children, or if there's an event, she'll have more tattoos. So I've seen, like a lady I met, she had 19 children, and so she had she had uh, 19 uh, lines on her chin, and so uh, that represents the. Uh, the uh, Ceremonial of this of this young woman, and then the orca is a really not a mask. It's a headdress like this guy, so you wear it on your head. And so I've seen orcas uh, at uh, at the point of barrel that uh, they call it point barrel. And it and uh, it juts out uh, a, um, a sandbar that juts out, and then there was a village there, and uh, it was called uh, uh, Umira, and so and uh, the village was decimated because of the disease. There was no more people left from there, and so there's hardly any uh, uh, remnants of the sod houses. And so uh, I've seen the orcas, and, and I've read orcas hunt seal. 
And so that's the images uh, of, of the seal that the orca is hunted. So that's how it came about. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much for coming. And, and, and it's very, very, you know, just right to my heart. Thank you. Thank you.